Hey, thanks for coming back to another episode of Cross Talk. It's another beautiful Thursday here in the middle of Vermont, and I've got a great show for you. We're going to discuss the latest corruption within our government. I know, exciting. And how our establishment politicians like the Pelosi's, the Sanders, the McConnell's, and the Romney's, just to name a few... And I admittedly, we're going to pay more attention to Pelosi in this episode due to her outrageous claims that she recently made once again. And I'm going to prove why it's not about America's children, but most definitely her own. I literally cringe every time I hear this woman speak, and especially when she says children with her lying ass, half-stroked out, shaky, 97% plastic, been in politics longer than most monarchs lying ass, and I don't even understand why she can have that all that plastic, but I can't get a plastic bag when I go grocery shopping due to her fellow sheep thinking that it's making a difference. Meanwhile, she's allowed to cart around a quarter of the United States plastic reserves in her damn face. Seriously, it pisses me off. I am that guy that always forgets to bring my bags, so I end up carrying my shit out in my hands. So once again, thanks for being with me. Thanks for being with Crosstalk. And let's strive to make common sense common again. And I'm going to catch you on the other side of hearing this crazy lady. When people ask me what are the three most important issues facing the Congress, I always say the same thing. Our children, our children, our children. That is my why, why I am in Congress, for the children. This is my story, and this is my song. As you hear me say, when you're in the arena, you have to be able to take a punch or throw a punch for the children. That is why I am running for re-election to Congress. That's right. Nancy Pelosi, at age 81, is running for re-election. Anybody looking at her can tell that she could definitely take a punch. If that's not a boxer's eye, then I've never seen one. Now, I want to be serious because this makes me upset for a multitude of reasons. Because it's become so normalized that we don't even hear about the scandals anymore. And this woman has completely enriched herself and her family. And as as many others have done. And I'm not singling out uh, the Democratic leader. She just happens to be at the forefront of this issue, and she makes it so easy and makes herself a target by just the things that she says, and it's so hard for me to leave it alone that we're going to use her today. And not to mention, she promised that she wasn't going to run for re-election, and now all of a sudden she's running for re-election because Nancy all of a sudden realizes that she's in it for the children. And I'm going to explain to you why I know it's not about our children and why she needs to let go of the reins of power and go enjoy her money that she scammed off the system. Why, Nancy? Why? You're 81 years old. You got a shit ton of money. Your husband does. Your conveniently husband that has hit perfect on the stock market and it has definitely nothing to do with him being married to the Democratic leader. No, I don't think that it's actually that she wants to stay. I believe she can't leave. I think she wants to go and enjoy that money. I mean, who wouldn't? I think she wants to leave California so fast she'd make those liberal tree-hugging lefties' head spin so fast the Florida residents wouldn't even realize that the plan plane had landed. 
until it was too late. But my point is, is being, I think she has to stay. She has to stay to keep the secrets, to keep her family out of the shit. And with the midterms coming and the shift storm, and I don't mean shifty shift, as in the shifter Adam shift, the Democratic weasel man. No, I mean shift storm. That's coming for the Democrats due to their woke policies. This whole woke thing has gone too far. And due to their defund the police policies, their open border policies, and the fact that they had the audacity to go on national TV and talk about another country's sovereign borders. Oh, you think I'm joking? Americans care about what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, because it, it goes to a very fundamental principle of, of all nations, which is that our borders uh, should be inviolate, that our sovereignty uh, should be respected. Yeah. This, I mean, you just like, you, you really? A fundamental principle. That's Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, by the way, for those that didn't know, speaking on the Ukrainian-Russian issue just the other day, literally yesterday. But, and then you add on that kind of hypocrisy with the Biden's actual administration's failures tied into that. I believe she can see the writing on the wall for the Democrats are going to be destroyed in the midterm elections coming up. And she's the most powerful Democrat and she's got the most money and she knows how to play the wicked game as John Adams once called it. And she, unlike him, rather participate and what presidents originally thought was beneath them, campaigning. And I'm pretty sure Miss Pelosi has been the top Democrat fundraiser in history. I'm not sure about that. We may have to fact check that one, but I'm pretty sure. And I'm going to quote from a guy named Jesse Waters. If you're wondering how I'm wondering how Pelosi seemed to be the most powerful woman in politics, but has the finances of a Fortune 500 company. So this is what Mr. Waters had to say about it. Quote, in 2007, Visa worried new Democratic Congress would target their swipe fees, costing them billions. So they hired a team of lobbyists who descended upon Pelosi, Waters added. Visa CEO personally met with her. She got donations from them. One of his advisors left and became a visa lobbyist himself. Suddenly, Paul Pelosi got a phone call from his broker. He was in Lux, Waters continues. Paul was offered a pre-screen invite to get an early pass on the visa $18 billion IPO. Did Nancy and her husband hesitate? No. They bought between $1 million and $5 million worth of Visa stock. But it gets better. While Pelosi was speaker, bills that would have hurt Visa's stock price were blocked in the House. Let me say that again. While Pelosi was speaker... Bills that would have hurt Visa stock prices were blocked in the House. 
Visa shares ended up going over 200% during the time, making the Pelosi's a fortune on paper. Right there is a prime example of the corruption. And it's not even that it's like slimy corruption. She's technically not breaking the law, y'all. Let's remember that. Like, let's remember that. And uh, making the Pelosi's on for- a fortune, end quote. And because um, she's technically not breaking the law. She's not breaking the law. Let's be clear. I'm not sure about if there is been any laws that she has broken, but speaking on this specific matter, there is technically no laws on the book that forbade this, which is a issue. And let's be clear. Let's be honest. It should not be legal for our congressmen and congresswomen to be using insider trader knowledge that they're getting from being on certain committees or etc. etc. and be able to make these absurd amount of money. No, that's not why they're going to Washington. I have nothing wrong with a powerful woman. I really do. I really don't. Excuse me. And I really dislike it when men say or women say that. Men don't like powerful women. No. And a confident alpha type male is going to love a woman that has a mind of her own, that has a motivations of her own, goals of her own, ideals of her own. Um, I appreciate that. And you come to desire that in a woman, at least for me personally. But she is not one of these be-all, sell-all, woman power stories. She is rich due to her husband's wealth in the market that he's in and using the schemes that they're using. So, and I do want to put in there that a lot of this wealth was amassed before Pelosi actually was in politics, believe it or not. Um... You know, people think she's she is going to remember. And people think that a person like this is going to remember the little guy with the type of wealth that she has. No, this is why she's talking about thirty dollar and thirty dollar a pint ice cream in a refrigerator during a covid lockdown. This is why we catch her getting her haircut during covid lockdowns and mass lockdowns, because she does not see herself as one of us. And the worst part is, the worst part is, is she doesn't even see herself representing us. And that's the worst. She has all this power. She's the leader of the house. And they have a lot more power than the average person may think. And she's got a lot of sway on policy and where the party's going to go and what platform they're going to speak upon. And she speaks on who gets punished and who doesn't get punished, who Who does what and who doesn't do what? She gives them woke leftists the platform and ability to press these social programs that are taking over our country and our politicians. It's time for the future to take the reins. And it's time for the next generation to step up. And this is a prime example of it. I'm going to end this with a Tom Sowell. 
There is no perfect solutions in the political arena. There is only trade-offs. And that is fairly true when it comes to life. So, here's an interesting topic I heard about this morning on the news. And I think it's something that we need to pay attention to. Especially when we're talking about the current situation economically and with the inflation raging through our country. That America has a shortage on chips. I'm not talking lace chips. The shelves may be empty on them too. But I'm talking about the actual computer chips that we see in our phones. That we see in our computers, our cars, our smart TVs, and so on and so forth. And it's not the actual chips, it's the companies that make these chips that we are depending upon are within foreign countries. And we don't have a lot of self-made ones here in the United States, which is causing issues. And it's been going on with inflation is something that you haven't heard about. But I want to bring it to your attention because here at Crosstalk, I think it's something of importance and it speaks to some of the things that we need to work on. And focus on as a country and as a state. Because as a state, we should be trying to be at the forefront of this chip-making ability right now. Our governor should be talking to the administration or whoever it need be to be trying to get some of these um, opportunities in our states. Because it means more jobs. More job means more income. More income means more people off uh, social programs and more and the quality of health is better. And then when people are working and making money and living decent, overall way of life improves. I firmly believe that. I believe that we have the capability to do it, so why not? And I think we it'd be a good idea for our governor to try to strive for something more. Because A, jobs are jobs, and who doesn't want jobs? But now that they're thinking about it, they're going, they think that they're going to solve this issue within six months. Now, that means the rushman's going to ju- rush this job and do worry less about quality than rather than getting it done, as we've seen with this administration before. And they said that they're going to donate $75 billion to put forth to build these plants for these chips. So then we don't need to have these so we don't need to be dependent upon other countries, especially other countries that don't like us. You want to know the number one supplier, creator, maker of this? Yes, you guessed it, China. But our own little local socialist, Bernie Sanders, had to weigh in. Said that we should not invest in these chips company, that they make enough money. And of course, I disagree with him. I want to invest in America. I want to invest in making products here in America and not depending upon foreign nations to get us the technology that is key to the success of our economic, defense, and so many more categories that help us strive to be in front of the technology race and keeping our nation safe. And now I'm going to let Ben explain it to you a little bit better. According to CNBC, the Fed has found itself in its first major battle with inflation in decades after two years of super easy policies implemented to counter the economic and financial impact of the pandemic. The consumer price index in December rose 7%, which was the highest in 40 years since 1982. 
the stock market sell-off has actually made the Fed's job more difficult because with the stock market dipping into correction territory and the pandemic continuing and Russia threatening military action against Ukraine, the Fed is worried that if they raise the rates at this point, that the economy is still grappling with uncertainty. Powell is supposed to brief the media today. The Fed is releasing its announcement at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. And again, his tone is expected to sound hawkish. Also, the Fed has been discussing pairing back their nearly $9 trillion balance sheet, which more than doubled during the pandemic. At their December meeting, central bank officials discussed the balance sheet. Some strategists expect the wind down to begin in June or even as early as May. And remember what the Federal Reserve tends to do. So I hope you enjoy Ben explaining it. He's a little bit better at it than I am. And I wanted to give you guys a clear definition of what it was I was talking about. Because I, like I said, I do feel it's important. I want to make sure you guys have the right information. Now, moving on, moving forward, I want to discuss the outlandish statements made by the administration in the last few days and how I don't want anybody to fall for the trap that they're saying that the government can come and solve all of your issues and take away all of your problems. Because as Thomas Sowell says, you take a resource from any other certain group, you're still taking it away from another one. Now, I want you to listen to this, and I will catch you on the other side of it. We are focused on the most vulnerable. And based on my experience, the most vulnerable are women and girls, racial and ethnic minorities, LGBTQI plus people, indigenous people, people with disabilities, migrants, and children in the foster care system. When we identify who is most vulnerable, we can tailor our tactics and improve our strategy. So all of their... All right. I don't even know where to start with that statement. It's so ridiculous. And I hate how they feel that the government is the answer for everything. Like Ronald Reagan said, the words you never want to hear are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And... What's so vulnerable about the LGBTQRSPUITV community? What's so vulnerable about being a woman in America? Literally, women in Afghanistan don't even have the right to come out of their house without headdressing and could be whipped for trying to learn. And right now in America, women are graduating more from college than men, and they're making more money per consensus, the United States consensus, than men are. I'm one for helping the needy, but this isn't what this is about, guys. This is pandering to certain groups. Group identity is what matters in the liberal left world that have certain voting blocks that they are dependent upon and ensuring that they can say that they haven't forgotten and they have listened and they have been your biggest defenders of democracy and all those bullcrap talking points that they're going to spin because the midterms are coming. I just don't like this woman. I really don't. So pretty much what she's saying is everybody's vulnerable except for white guys. Yeah. And I would say in a hate crime situation, a white guy is way more vulnerable than I am as a black man in today's America. Now, 1860s, I'm not taking those bets. But today, I am. And that's a good thing. That's something we should be proud about. And that's just being truthful. 
And people have a hard time doing that today. But here, crosstalk, that's what we're about. Making common sense common again. Who do you think the meaning of the story is going to pick up? If a white guy shot me or if I shot the white guy, I'll tell you. What do you think the media is going to cover? You think they're going to cover black on black crime, the real vulnerability of my minority group, which I don't even like using the term minority group because we're not. I want to hear her say we're going to be focused on education. Actually, I don't because I don't want them anywhere near our children. But the point I'm trying to make is that I want them focused on the real issues if they were really trying to make real change. But at this point, I don't believe they're competent or trying to change anything besides getting elected again. Listen to what Jen Psaki has to say about what Biden does during the day. The president has nothing on his schedule today aside from the PDB. Can you shed any light on on how he's spending his day? Uh, Well, let's see. Um, This morning, I think he had some policy meetings, uh, also a PDB meeting. Um, He, um, later this afternoon, uh, I think is doing some remarks review. Uh, There are some days that we spend some time uh, doing internal meetings and discussions uh, with policy experts, with policy leaders, um, and that's, that's what's happening today. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah, he pretty much does whatever, you know, sniff some flowers, get some ice cream, uh, get his debit card back from Hunter and the prostitutes. But, you know, Joe's busy. Doesn't have time for inflation, you stupid bastard, as our president would say. So should be allowed for me to say it here. Just think. But, um. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. That's an episode of Crosstalk. You guys like what you hear. You don't like what you hear. Prescribe, like, give me comments, feedbacks. I'm only trying to get better each turn I'm out. Remember, this is Crosstalk. I'm your host, Jay Cross. And here, we're trying to make common sense common again. Thank you guys, and have a blessed day. And the three Ps, my friends are power, politics, purse. And when I say purse, I mean money. And the money that's involved with these crooked politicians, the deals they make. And I'm not singling it out to Democrats because there's Republicans that are swamp creatures just as well. Like Mitch McConnell, he needs to go. You ain't telling me he ain't cutting deals for his wife who happens to own um, one of the biggest shipping companies in America. The three P's. We need to keep that in mind, y'all. And remember that when we go into the voting booths, 